0: Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Jay, hey, patriarchal blessings. Honestly, part of me feels like we've already talked about this. Like, it's such like one of these basic concepts and principles within our church that it seems like we would have already covered it.
1: Okay, honestly, we covered spiritual gifts, which like halfway through my research on this episode, I was like, have we talked about spiritual gifts? I don't remember. And I had to go back through our archives and be like, yeah, we did. It was episode 17, Tracy, yes. like get it together. Don't you know your podcast? And um, <laughs> clearly I don't. <laughs> clearly
0: I don't. i going to say it's okay. My mom doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but she's not one of the hosts on it. No, I know. (laughs) It's
1: embarrassing how little I know about our podcast (laughs) and what we've talked about in the past. I know what we talked about last week. That's as far as I go.
0: It's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I'll get like moments (laughs) like epiphanies where like we're halfway through an episode and then we're like, oh my gosh, we've already discussed this topic like sometime back then. Like we've definitely covered this part. Uh, But, like, that's the only time. (laughs) It's tragically
1: embarrassing how little we know about our own podcast.
0: Honestly, if I'm lost, then I go through our Instagram feed and I'm like, did we? Did we not? I could go through our notes, but nah.
1: (laughs) The great thing about having a MacBook and having, like, the Apple Podcasts app on my, like, my taskbar is I just like open up Apple Podcasts and I hit our podcast and I read through the list and I'm like, oh, we did talk about this. Okay. That's good to know because there's no way I'm going back through those hundreds of pages of notes that we have.
0: <laughs> Oof. Oh, my gosh. Once I did try to search and that like, you know, like control F. I could never. it, it still wouldn't work. The, my computer was like, no, like you can't do that anymore. There's, there's too much, much. Too much. It's using
1: too much memory.
0: I'm sorry. I was like, all right, well, guess I'll just pretend at this point. Who's going to correct me here?
1: It's embarrassing when your computer is like, I'm sorry, there's too much for me to go through. I can't handle it. Honestly. And then we're just sitting here like, but I need you to handle it. So I don't have to. I don't want to do it. You have to do it. You were built for this. I was not. This is your job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, fulfill the measure of your creation, computer. Geez. Honestly. So, anyway, That's our topic. Speaking of the measure of our creation, patriarchal blessings. So, last week... We talked about the philosophical differences between right, truth, reality, and goodness. One thing that we really highlighted was the need for people to continuously search for truth in their lives because the pursuit of truth is the highest and noblest thing a person can do. We also learned that pursuing truth is something that Christ commanded us to do. So in order to help you pursue some more truth in your life this week, we're talking about patriarchal blessings and how you can continuously gain truth and knowledge from the study of your own blessing and through the history of patriarchal blessings in the scriptures. So let's get into it.
0: Okay, so I'll start off with what exactly is a patriarchal blessing. We're going to go ahead and start in Wikipedia because why not? So a patriarchal blessing is defined as a blessing modeled after the blessing given by Jacob to each of his sons prior to his death. It is taught that they are gifts of knowledge and strength of one's coming challenges and blessings. To go further into detail, Wikipedia continues with, A patriarchal blessing is given when an authorized patriarch, a man ordained to the priesthood office of patriarch, that is, places his hands on the head of the recipient and pronounces said blessing. The recipient must have previously received a recommendation for the blessing from his or her bishop within the LDS Church. This is dependent on an interview by which the bishop determines the applicant's worthiness and readiness. The purpose of a patriarchal blessing is 1. To identify the tribe of Israel to which the individual belongs, whether literal or adopted, along with the responsibilities and blessings associated. 2. To bless the member with knowledge and the spiritual gifts that may be obtained by obedience to gospel principles, and 3. To give advice or help to the individual. Often this includes foretelling of possible future events, opportunities, and temptations. Within the church, a patriarchal blessing is considered to be a revelation for the recipient, with the promises made in the blessing considered conditional upon the recipient's obedience to gospel principles. For those who need a little bit more clarity, because clarity is important, and not every listener here is a member of the church, so a patriarchal blessing differs from a regular priesthood blessing, because these are more of the the heftier blessings that the Lord has in store for each of us. These blessings include, as we said already, lineage and the house of Israel, which we'll explain in a second spiritual gifts, either additional or enlightening them to current gifts they already possess, and counsel for the future. So the blessings, they don't tell you specific things that will or will not happen in your life. It's not like a psychic reading where they tell you you'll go on a mission to this place, get married at X time to X person, and have this type of success. It's more of a guide and a sort of map to what could happen within your life, the potential within it. The thing about these is that they are very private. They're meant for our eyes only. It shouldn't be read aloud or shared like in a Sunday school class. However, of course, it is entirely up to the recipient who they share it with. So as we dive in, let's go ahead and talk about the spiritual context of this and what the heck it means to get a patriarchal blessing or find out your lineage in the House of Israel.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that, Kaylee. My pleasure. A patriarchal blessing really comes down to the Abrahamic covenant and the lineage that followed Abraham. So let's talk about that just a tiny bit because there's a lot to go through. And we'll probably have to do a separate episode about the Abrahamic covenant and more
0: oh my God. in the future. Yeah. I was looking over our notes and I was like, okay, we could do an episode about this. We could do an episode about that. We could do an episode about that. We could do an episode about that. And it just got going.
1: There's so many.
0: Yeah, we can only brush over a few hot things today.
1: Yeah, we're not
0: going to have a four hour episode. Nope. I don't want to edit that. And neither does Kaylee. No one, no <laughs> one wants that. Nope.
1: <laughs> that will not happen. So, <laughs> as we know from the Old Testament, Abraham and his wife Sarah were unable to have children. They prayed for years and years to finally have a child, and the Lord blessed them with a son, Isaac, when they were really old, like in their 90s, kind of old. One day, Abraham was commanded to offer his son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. Obviously, Abraham was incredibly distraught because he had waited 90 plus years to have a child, and now the Lord was asking him to sacrifice him and basically taking him away from Abraham. But Abraham was very obedient and faithful to the Lord. And so he was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to have to do this. It's going to suck, but you know the Lord's going to take care of me if I follow him. So he, not knowing what to do or say, manages to bring his son up on this hike up to the mountaintop to do their sacrifice. And Isaac asks before they head out, you know, like, Hey dad, where's the lamb that we're gonna sacrifice? And Abraham internally is probably like, it's you, but
0: <laughs> externally. <laughs> right? He's like,
1: <laughs> externally he's he'll, like we'll find
0: it. the Lord will provide.
1: Yeah, the Lord will provide it, he'll take he'll care of it.
0: Figure it out. But...
1: So as they reach the top of the mountain and they come up to the altar abraham i can only imagine looks at his son and is like well son this is it. your time has come the end of the road i'm being so i'm so irreverent with this story every time i retell it i can't help it Honestly, well
0: it's like there's so many like crazy elements about it like you have to like think about it very spiritually if you don't want to like get too crazy about it because it really is just a crazy story and then like to me like it still hurts me like not the like stories and the visuals it's always how like Isaac's like a little like 12 year old kind of kid who's like super eager like having so much fun on a trip with his dad um but then like scholars and other people are say have said that he most likely would have been an adult by this time Mm -hmm. like he would have been in like his 20s 30s yeah and I'm trying to imagine now if my dad took me on a hike and he, i'm like where's the food and he's like we'll figure it out and then and then goes all domer on you and tries to eat you yeah i'd be like no <laughs> i would try to push him off a cliff so
1: i've seen multiple videos in the past of people like recreating the abraham and isaac bit <sighs> really i've seen i swear i saw one where it was like the hike home had to have been so awkward, where, like, Ooh, Isaac yes. is just, like, giving Abraham the side-eye the whole way, and it's, like, <laughs> like, so unsure really about this? So, are we <laughs> going to talk about this? Or no, Dad? Because, like, you just tried to kill me up there. Like, I'll see if I can find some and throw them in the Instagram post, but...
0: Please do. And then, not only would the walk home be awkward, but then when they get home and Sarah comes out, she's like, hey, so, how was it? Did you guys have fun? <gasps> and then because would abraham have told her i don't know like she was an incredible woman incredible but i kind of feel like he wouldn't want to because he'd be like you waited
1: 90 years to
0: have a child and now i'm gonna go kill it gotta go bye yeah peace out and i'm just like (laughs) ah and then like would isaac tell her they're just gonna have like this little dark secret And then she's going to know something happened between them because she's a mother and she's a woman. She knows.
1: I remember teaching this lesson in Sunday school and being like, if my dad had pulled up a knife and tried to kill me on a mountain, I would have turned the tables and thrown his ass off the mountain or stabbed him repeatedly and been like, what's up, God? Like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, see, and that's the interesting thing, though, with this story. This story is all about Abraham, right? But, like, we know he's just about to kill his son when he stopped. That means Isaac had faith too, then. Yeah. If he agreed to allow himself to be tied up and sacrificed, he's like, I trust you, I trust the Lord. To have that kind of faith is insane.
1: Yeah, I don't have that kind of faith. No. I don't have that kind of faith. I will stab you before I let you throw me up on an altar and kill me. Sorry. Not even for Jesus. Pretty much, yes. Anyways, so now that we've devolved
0: <laughs> so, so far, gosh. I knew it would happen. Um, we, we just need a whole episode on this, though. So, but continue. So like Kaylee, <laughs> the point so of this. So, like Kaylee
1: said, Abraham ties Isaac up, throws him on the altar, and is about to sacrifice him when an angel appears and commands him to stop. The angel explains that this was for him to understand the future sacrifice of Christ. And that because Abraham was obedient, he is given a multitude of blessings, including a ram to sacrifice instead of his son.
0: And then, okay, one quick note is I like how it emphasizes that there are two different types of blessings. That there are um, more material ones, like the ram that they ha- they end up getting for their offering, but also immaterial ones for the future.
1: Yeah. Okay, so the blessings that the angel gives Abraham for his obedience is, one, Abraham's posterity would be numerous as the stars in the sky. Two, his seed or his descendants would receive the gospel and bear the priesthood. And number three, through the ministry of his seed, all the families of the earth would be blessed even with the blessings of the gospel. So all of this can be found in Genesis chapter 22 and Abraham chapter 2. The blessings are specifically in Abraham chapter 2. All right. So because of this promise, Abraham's seed continued and each part of the lineage received inheritance blessings. So we already know that Abraham begat Isaac. Then Isaac begat Jacob. um, And Jacob, who later on became Israel, begat 12 sons. And this is another wild story of Jacob and his kids and his wives. We're going to have to do an episode on this wild story one day, because not only is it a fantastic musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber that I love, but it is also so convoluted. (laughs) So we're going to have to go over that another time. So the tribes of Israel are Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Benjamin, and Joseph. But Joseph split into two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh, which we will explain right now. So in the story of Jacob and his sons, we learn that Joseph is his favorite son because he reminds Jacob of his beloved wife, Rachel, who died after giving birth to Benjamin, their youngest son. But in Genesis 48 and 49, we learn that Reuben, Simeon, and Levi are kind of bad. And so they lose a good chunk of their inheritance. Joseph, because he is the favorite, but also because he is the most righteous of the 12 brothers, he inherits a double portion. So Jacob blesses Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and gives them their birthright as well. So that's why the tribes are really, I guess they're kind of 14 and not 12, because Joseph cuts in two. But anyways... No, that would be thirteen. Thirteen. Thank you. Math is hard.
0: It is very hard. And like I've never gotten like a straight up answer from that. But like I guess that's what it has to be. Unless or we're one of the sons cut off.
1: I don't know. We'll have to do some research and then we'll come back on our on our Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dream Code episode in the future. <laughs> Yo. <Yes. laughs> so um some patriarchs have said people are from the tribe of Joseph, but most will say Ephraim or Manasseh if that is the tribe that you are from. So don't worry about that. Gospel Topics on LDS.org about patriarchal blessings says, quote, many Latter-day Saints are of the tribe of Ephraim, the tribe given the primary responsibility to lead the Latter-day work of the Lord. Because each of us has many bloodlines running in us, Two members of the same family may be declared as being of different tribes in Israel. It does not matter if a person's lineage in the house of Israel is through bloodlines or by adoption. Church members are counted as a descendant of Abraham and an heir to all the promises and blessings contained in the Abrahamic covenant, end quote. To explain that a little bit further, we believe in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that once you have been baptized into this church, you become a covenant member of the house of Israel. It doesn't matter if you are from the original tree of the tribe or if you are grafted in or quote-unquote adopted through baptism because we all receive the same blessings regardless, period. Each tribe has specific blessings and duties that they are given as well, which we will discuss in a later episode because that could take a long-ass time to get through. But for the sake of this episode, we will just say that Ephraim and Manasseh are tasked with the gathering of Israel which is why the bulk of the church's membership are in these tribes. That's not to say that having another tribe like Judah, Reuben, or Benjamin is unheard of. It's just more common to be from Ephraim and Manasseh. And it doesn't mean that you're like an outsider if you're not from one of those tribes.
0: No, I think it's really cool. Like it, it's, just, it's just like another attribute that we have about ourselves. A lot of us will have the same type of attributes and they'll be useful for us. And then other people are going to have different attributes that are going to be useful for them. I just remember when I first was hearing about this, like which was I feel later than some kids who were raised in the church. But I remember thinking, like I would love to be from a different tribe, like that'd be so cool. And I was like, yeah, I'd be from <laughs> this one or this one. I remember when
1: I got my blessing, I was so hoping that I would end up in Judah because judah was my favorite character in joseph and the amazing <laughs> Technicolor color dream coat that i was like i'm going to be from judah and then when i got my lineage declared and they were like you're from me from i was like no i demand a <laughs> recount like <laughs> i i do not want this i
0: reject this and i want to be i want you to adopt me right now <laughs> i need another tribe pick something else Anyway, so
1: yeah, that's uh, uh that pretty much covers the scriptural context of the blessings themselves and where their history originates. So let's move on to talking about what content will generally be in a patriarchal blessing.
0: Right. So there's definitely a pattern to them, as we kind of like hinted on. Um, So as from the definition we gave, they generally cover three things, which is the lineage, your tribe and the house of Israel, as we just discussed, spiritual gifts, and then admonitions, warnings, or counsel for your future. And while your lineage is going to be very specific, the two and three spiritual gifts and then everything for your future, can be more vague yeah very vague sometimes sometimes very specific but also very vague Mm -hmm. just just saying here okay so ezra teff benson once said that a patriarchal blessing is the inspired and prophetic statement of your life's mission together with blessings cautions and admonitions as a patriarch may be prompted to give and so i found a really interesting statement in wikipedia that really caught my attention so it says that blessings given in the 19th century the church was restored and everything as i started giving them uh joseph smith first not administered he gave his father the role so he was the first patriarch in the restored church and then when he was like nearing the end of his life i think then Hiram became the patriarch and he was a patriarch until his death and so anyways so blessings in the beginning of the 19th century Um, They often made use of themes such as millennialism and polygamy that are not common in today's blessings. So during his presidency, Joseph Fielding Smith advised patriarchs to be conservative in their blessings unless especially inspired. Otherwise, what I only found this today, but I I feel like I'm going to have this stuck in my head for like the rest of my life. Just being like, why, 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 why? Come on, guys. Okay. What?
1: Get this. Okay. So we're going to share a talk by President Monson in a little bit about patriarchal blessings. And in that talk, he shares a story about a patriarch in Switzerland who pronounced blessings upon these members who were, I think they were living in Germany at this point. So he gives this blessing And in the blessing, he promised that they would be able to go on missions, that they would be able to go to the temple and, like, be sealed as a family and all this other stuff. And he was, like, straight up panicking because he was, like, I promised them all of these things that are impossible. So Like, they – like, it is impossible for me to give them these blessings. Yeah. And I think that this had happened in, like, the 70s or something like that. So, like, it really was – not an option or a possibility for them. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Elder Monson, I need you to pray with me that they won't focus on those blessings. He's like, I tried to withhold them, but the spirit like would not let me can withhold them. And he's like, so please, like, I need you to either pray that these blessings will come to pass or like that they will not focus on these blessings because I will never forgive myself if these blessings are not fulfilled for these people in this life. So they prayed together and then like 10 or 20 years later, like the Berlin Wall comes down and like opportunities for people in Germany open up to go on missions, to go to the temple and like all of those other blessings were finally fulfilled for these people. But like, it is wild to think that patriarchs are probably like, I can't promise you this. Like, there's no way I can promise you this thing. And Mm -hmm. the spirit's just like, LOL, do it anyways.
0: Do it. (laughs) Do it, I dare you.
1: Right. So now I'm wondering, because of that quote that you shared, that like, what were they being withheld from because of President Fielding Smith's counsel?
0: Crazy stuff. All right. Let's dive. Let's, let's continue. All right. So lineage, when discussing your lineage, as we just shared, so it tells you what house you're from and, and even when telling you about your tribe, it can tell you about your personal responsibilities and how they might be in gathering the tribes of Israel together through your lineage, for example. Like especially if you're from Ephraim, your blessing could say that because of your lineage you'll be needed to focus on family history work, missionary work or teaching and then going into more specific detail about how you can accomplish that from where you are there's always that fun pickup line
1: of a joke from the oh movie gosh. The Singles Ward, quote so what's your
0: tribe, end quote
1: <laughs> it's like the Mormon no. version of what's
0: your side?
1: <laughs> <It is. laughs>
0: i've i've never been picked up with that and i'm really glad about it because no i'd be ah, don't do it you guys don't do it <laughs> oh that's funny so then there's the spiritual gifts and as you mentioned we did an entire episode about spiritual gifts in season one it's episode 17 you should listen to it again if you haven't listened to it recently But to summarize here, your patriarchal blessing will alert you to gifts that you didn't realize you had already and help you see gifts that you can develop more fully. So some of them are going to be the normal type of spiritual gifts like patience or knowledge. And there's going to be others that are really unknown or under discussed like the gift of getting over things that bother you. Yeah, that's what I have. Go Tracy. So important. Mm -hmm. So the point is your patriarchal blessing is a great tool and resource to have to remind yourself of what a badass you really are. You have all of these amazing gifts and worth that you need to remind yourself of every now and again it's just like a reminder and it's not even it's not a limitation either like you can have so many more spiritual gifts a patriarchal blessing is just, it's just going to highlight a few things then for the latter we've got admonitions warnings and counsel for the future so the best thing about a patriarchal blessing in our opinion is the way that it opens our minds hearts and eyes to new and different possibilities for our lives so thomas smonson gave a talk as tracy just shared is from the October 1986 General Conference titled, Your Patriarchal Blessing, A Liahona of Light. And so he said, a patriarchal blessing is a revelation to the recipient, even a white line down to the middle of the road to protect, inspire, and motivate activity and righteousness. A patriarchal blessing literally contains chapters from your book of eternal possibilities. I like that. And I definitely think that possibilities is the right way to go about when describing a patriarchal blessing because I know people who have been like, okay, I understand my blessing says this, but I don't want that. So I'm not going to do that. And other people are going to be like, okay, yeah, I do want that. So I'm going to do this. And so on, everyone gets to make their own choices. On what they want to do. One of the most powerful words that I've been told that is in your patriarchal blessing is the word if. Yeah. If you do this, if you want these blessings, if this happens, and so on.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's important to recognize that it really is a guide of what could be and not what is destined to be. I personally don't think that we believe in destiny in the church. Like, I know we believe that we were chosen in the pre-existence to come to earth at this time or at whatever designated time that we're alive, and that some people are prepared to become the prophet in this life, but everything fully depends on our agency. Like, everything in this life depends on the choices that we make, the paths we take, and the roads that we choose to go down. So, like... Your patriarchal blessing could say that you'll like find a spouse and get married and have kids or whatever, but you still have the opportunity to choose whether or not you want that. And the blessings detailed in your, pos- in your patriarchal blessing are possibilities that extend through eternity. So it's not just saying like, you're going to get married in this life and you're going to have X amount of children. It could be like, you're going to have all of that in eternity.
0: I haven't read my patriarchal blessing in a while. But that's also because it's really short and it is one of those very basic conservative ones. And I think about it and then I'm like, what more is there for me to learn? Because this is a lot of very basic stuff of what someone would expect someone in my place at that point in my life to do for the rest of her life. The length
1: of your blessing doesn't matter.
0: I know. I just wish it'd been like more clear, more specific and better, like better detail. Nothing is clear. Do
1: you, I'll give you an example. I will share this for my blessing because I think it's important to help explain this a little bit further and make things a little clearer. So my blessing explains that I should work diligently to learn correct doctrines and principles so that I can teach them to others. Now, it doesn't specifically say that I have to serve a mission. It just says that I need to do missionary work. In fact, it says it doesn't matter if you are called to serve a mission or not. It straight up says that in my blessings. So like when I saw that at 14, I was like, sweet, I'm off the hook. I never have to serve a mission in my life. Like <laughs> legit, my blessing says it doesn't uh-huh. matter. Peace out, guys. I'm not going. Um, now we all know that I did end up serving a mission. You Okay, but I didn't feel like I had to do it because my blessing told me to, quote unquote. I did it because as I was choosing to focus on learning correct doctrine and principles, I ended up feeling like I should serve a mission. And then even further now, like because I've continued on this path of learning correct doctrine and principles, I'm still actively doing missionary work and like teaching, but through other means like doing this podcast or like talking to people or that sort of thing the wording in my blessing is vague. (laughs) It could have gone any direction, clearly. Okay. So like it doesn't matter if it's specific or not. It can be vague and still make an impact.
0: It's both a blessing and a curse because we do need our agency and it allows us to interpret it as we will and then take on the decision process of how we want to follow it, whether we do or we don't. And yet sometimes when it is really vague, then we're just like, what do I do? This was supposed to give me guidance. And now I still don't know. And I don't have any questions answered honestly like and that's what everyone told me to do like because i was getting mine when i was 16 i I'd graduated high school early i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do next and i was just like i want guidance for what i want next what happens next in my life and everyone's like you need to come with questions blah 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 my patriarch asked me what some of my questions were and i was just like i want to know what to do next like should i go to school what should i do and like so i got like a very basic very mormon ish response within my patriarchal blessing so it's definitely given me the freedom to do and interpret it how i will but then it's also like did it answer any questions i don't know yeah as long as you choose to like focus on the doctrine and the principles kind of thing like and paying attention to the potential of it i think that can make such a difference anyways moving on okay so in the so back to the gospel topic section about patriarchal blessings on lds.org It says, while a patriarchal blessing contains inspired counsel and promises, it should not be expected to answer all the recipient's questions or to detail all that will happen in his or her life. If the blessing does not mention an important event, such as a full-time mission or marriage, the person should not assume that he or she will not receive that opportunity. Similarly, the recipient of the blessing should not assume that everything mentioned in it will be fulfilled in this life. A patriarchal blessing is eternal and its promises may extend into the eternities. That is very important to remember. So some people are going to have their blessing that they'll and how it'll say that they'll take someone to the temple to be sealed for time and eternity, or they'll raise the righteous family. To all our single friends out there, that is still a possibility. Our patriarchal blessings extend through eternity, so there's no need for any of us to feel like just because something hasn't happened yet that was promised in your blessing that it's never going to happen. It still can.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I think a lot about with patriarchal blessings it is really open-ended. The blessings can be fulfilled in this life or in the next life. And the possibilities of our life ending up a certain way is completely dependent on our choices. So in a way, it relaxes my mind knowing that I can't screw up my future by choosing something. Like if I decide to take a job over going to school, I'm not ruining my one chance of getting that spouse that's promised in my blessing. Like it can still happen. It just won't happen in whatever make-believe timeline i've created in my mind it offers flexibility and some semblance of like assurance that if we live and keep the covenants we've made and if we continue to choose to follow the savior that we'll have all of these blessings and we'll probably have more mortality is a tiny blip in eternity this is not all it's cracked up to be and if it is like i'm disappointed
0: because <laughs> life sucks man Come on now <laughs> so done a bit But we're still here, so. Yeah. All right, so, harkening back to President Monson's talk, um, so he said that the same Lord who provided a liahona for Lehi provides for you and for me today a rare and valuable gift to give direction to our lives, to mark the hazards to our safety, and to chart the way, even safe passage, not to a promised land, but to our heavenly home. It is to be read. It is to be loved. It is to be followed. Your patriarchal blessing will see you through the darkest night. It will guide you through life's dangers. Your patriarchal blessing is to you a personal liahona to chart your course and guide your way. That's nice.
1: It really is true how like the more you read it, the more you understand it. Or like different things will stick out to you at different times in your life. I mean, it obviously is the same blessing, but like it won't feel like the same blessing every time you read it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I used to try and do that like once a month. I think that's what was that was my process and I tried to spend like 30 minutes like pouring over my superstore page blessing and I have gathered notes over the years trying to like gather what I learn each time because it is something different each time. Like we can do that.
1: I don't know when the last time I read mine was now that I think about it. I should have done that before this episode, but whatever. It's fine. Right? (laughs) So now let's talk about how to get one because this is something that we tend to forget about in the church is explaining to like newer members how to get this blessing. Luckily, it's really, really simple. Once you've been baptized and you've been confirmed a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, all you have to do is talk to your bishop about getting one. If you're an adult, there isn't a specific amount of time that you have to wait before you can get one. It's just whenever you feel like you're ready and you understand the doctrines and principles of the gospel. I think you have to be at least 14 to receive your patriarchal blessing, but I could be wrong. Wikipedia says... Any member found worthy and spiritually mature by their priesthood leader may receive a patriarchal blessing. Individuals who have been members from childhood generally ask to receive their patriarchal blessings as adolescents. So again, I think you might have to be 14 to get it, but we could be wrong.
0: Okay. Well, and then I thought kind of like marriage used to be in the church that you had to be a member for a year before your patriarchal blessing. Do you know anything about that? Am I
1: making things up? I looked at the church handbook and it, did, it does not say a any specific timeline okay yeah oh cool if there are any bishops out there that listen i mean you can correct us
0: totally okay so moving on so you don't just get one all of a sudden you there is a small process so once you have once you decide that you want to once you feel spiritually mature enough to do to get your patriarchal blessing then there is a little interview that goes along with getting that that you need to do beforehand the bishop will then, once he's interviewed you and decides you're worthy, the bishop's going to enter your name into the system and refer you to the Sake patriarch. From there, you can set up an appointment with them to get your blessing. So what is nice is that you can have your family in the room if you want. Um, sometimes it's going to be your fiancé or your significant other in some terms, but it typically tends to be like your parents. They, try not, they do ask that there's not too many people overall from what I understand. And then, so the patriarch records the blessing so that he can transcribe it afterward. So, and then after a few weeks, you get it in the mail, or you might get it electronically. Now we don't know. We're not that high tech. We're millennials, so yeah, that's true.
1: We're st- we're like equally in the past <laughs> and the future, so it's. It's yes. difficult. The great thing about this whole like electronic movement though is that you can request a copy of your blessing through the church website now. That is one thing that I love about the way technology has updated. Another reason why I love this is that you can request a direct line ancestor's patriarchal blessing online if they are deceased. So cool. So a direct line ancestor is an individual within your direct ancestral bloodline, such as a parent, a grandparent, or a great grandparent. Deceased spouses and children are also considered direct line family members. Siblings, aunts or uncles, cousins, foster parents, or in-laws do not count, unfortunately. But I'm sure there's like some rule if like your foster parent was sealed to you because then it's probably your adopted parent. But you can find out. But because of this rule, I was able to request my dad's blessing. And now I have a digital copy of his blessing that I can refer to every now and then when I'm like particularly missing him. I love it. It's a beautiful way to feel connected to him and to understand him a little bit better, even beyond the veil. So 10 out of 10 would recommend do that.
0: All right. So overall... As shared from the March 2014 New Era, it says that you should prepare for your patriarchal blessing by drawing closer to Heavenly Father through prayer, repentance, scripture study, and church attendance. You should also meet with the bishop to determine your readiness and receive from your bishop a recommend for a patriarchal blessing. So it really is that simple. You do that, you schedule it out, talk to the person, get that recommendation, go get your patriarchal blessing, and then you'll get a copy of it later on. Um, I don't know about you, but the patriarch's wife was also in the room at the time, and so she was the one who would end up uh, transcribing it for him later on. Because from my experience and from my understanding that it became a calling for the two of them. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just for him. It was for the two of them to experience and work together on. All right. So those are the basics of a patriarchal blessing. Hopefully you knew some of this. Hopefully you've learned something new. Um... I always like the idea of patriarchal blessings. I think it's really cool. And it's important for us to reflect on every now and again. Um, If you have your patriarchal blessing, you should definitely try to read it on a semi-regular basis a few times a year. If you're considering getting one, then keep working on it. Keep praying. Talk to your bishop. Go get one. And yeah, do it. And there's a ton more resources, honestly, on the church website. If you're looking for answers to any of your questions about patriarchal blessing, It's going to be on the website. It is.
1: A patriarchal blessing is something that you can continuously learn from, grow with, and receive inspiration from. The Lord does not want to withhold blessings from us, and our patriarchal blessings are a perfect example of that. He is just as excited to give these blessings to us as we are to receive them. So, to wrap up everything from today, we wanted to close with a quote from the Gospel Topics Manual again. It says, As a person studies his or her patriarchal blessing and follows the counsel it contains, it will provide guidance, comfort, and protection. You know, life is hard. It's messy. It's challenging. We've said it before. We think it kind of sucks. But the Lord gave us resources to help us get through it. The scriptures and the words of prophets can only do so much sometimes we need a little something extra. And that is really where patriarchal blessings come in. These blessings are meant for us from a loving Heavenly Father who knows the details of the details of the details of our hearts and our spirits. And He knows what we need to get through this life and to return to Him. They are that wonderful, perfect guide back to Him. So thanks for listening again this week, guys. Join us next week as we... Oh, next week, we actually are starting our Pride series. We are. Yeah.
0: That's true. Heck yes. We haven't talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't. Surprise. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, most people would be like, wait until like the last week of May to announce something for Pride Month. But here's the thing, you guys, we wanted to make it extra cool, extra special. We've been wanting to do something like this forever, uh, but knew that we needed to do a lot of work, a lot of prayerful study and a lot well a lot of like dedicated prayer we have some incredible incredible guests coming and so we knew we need to get a head start and so our prize series will officially start on the last week of may yeah so we're really ready to dive in for the month yeah so we really hope that you are able to tune in we are so glad we're doing this and hopefully we do it well for all of you
1: yeah so stay tuned we can't wait to share this with you guys next week It's gonna be so great, you guys. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.